It is the bet on the cross. Twitter space here, another live edition, and welcome on in lacrosse fans and sports bettors alike to bet on the cross, where we're not only cashing those tickets each and every week, we're looking to make you better bettors, whether it's lacrosse, whether it's more macro. We're always looking forward to hopping on here, chatting with you live on our Twitter space. Also love interacting with you on Twitter as well. Drop us a follow at bet on lacrosse and <clears throat> excuse me as I die here and at pro lacrosse bets as well. I'm your host, Dan Alexander, and we got a full slate with us today. We got Justin Byers, FOS business writer with us. We got Brian Andrews from pro lacrosse talk and we have Hutton Jackson from action network. I'm going to start with you, JB. How was your weekend last week? How are we feeling about this slate? I'll be honest, bro. I'm a little ho-hum on this slate, but I, I think I think I found some good spots for us. Hoping the same for you. How you doing, man? I can't complain one bit, brother. Yeah, it was a little lukewarm last week, but we're continuing to learn a lot about what these teams are and what this season really is. So it's encouraging as we get into the back half of the season where things really start to matter for teams trying to make a push. And hopefully we'll we'll find an edge here this week. We'll see. Uh, it's not like the boards we've had in the past, but we'll make some of it. That's what it's all about. You got to scour, find the value. And honestly, when it's a board that you don't love, um, this is kind of one of those weeks where, you know, we remind you, just don't force action. You know what I mean? Like if it's a lean, okay, play like a half unit size, you know, play – Play a little bit smaller of a bet if you want to really have some action. You're going to be watching it on TV. I understand. We all bet because we love the sweats. We love that that fun part of betting. But at the end of the day, if you're in it to make money, you know, you got to be selective with your place. When you don't love the board, um, I once heard who was it? It was Big Cat from Barstool who said, if you don't love the board, make the board love you. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to make the board love us. Also joining us, we got Brian Andrews from Pro Lacrosse Talk, B.A., after a one-week sabbatical, you're back with the crew. How you doing, my man? Good, man. Uh, just like JB said, lukewarm week last week. Um, had some good plays. Had some plays that I was really confident in that also fell. Uh, you know, I agree. The board, looking at it this week, is kind of dense. Not really liking a lot of the prices that we're seeing. Uh, and a lot of the matchups are really tough to call. So I still think we have a lot to learn. For the NCAA side, uh, especially as we get into conference play, deeper into conference play in the conference tournaments, NOL, though, is shaking up more than we've ever seen these past couple of weeks. So on that side of things, it's getting harder and harder to really find some good value. Absolutely, man. I'm right there with you. So um, Hutton. How were you doing last weekend? I know I, as far as a, a crew, we did pretty well. We were profitable on the picks, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong. We were right around like five and two, something like that last week. Um, you know, your best bet gets home as well. So how did you do last weekend? And looking forward, are you same with the crew? Like there wasn't anything that jumped off the board for you for NCAA and NLL action, but uh, maybe you were able to find some value somewhere. Yeah, I kind of had uh, some good day sandwich in between some bad days. So, like, Friday, I had Michigan laying points, lost that bet. Then, uh, you know, the Notre Dame money line and the um, Denver money line brought me home on Saturday. Um, and then I also had the over in the Bandits uh, riptide game, but I also took uh, Bandits minus two and a half. And then Cornell, Syracuse, I couldn't stay away from that one. And that was a phenomenal game. I was on the losing end because I had Cornell minus one and a half. 
Um, probably wouldn't have taken him on the money line anyway. You know, hindsight's twenty twenty. But uh, overall, it was an entertaining lacrosse weekend, even if I didn't uh, come out in the positive at the end of the weekend. Hey, sometimes that happens. As long as at the end it is the marathon, not the sprint. Hopefully at the end of the season, we just have a little bit more in the win column than in the loss column. That is what it is all about. So what we're going to do today, going to keep it tight again towards the end of the program. We're going to open it back up, get some thoughts from some uh, guys and gals, folks listening in here to the Twitter space on some of their favorite plays, either in field or in box action. We're going to break down what took place today, another ACC battle uh, well, we're also going to get into just the future market as, you know, playoffs are going to be right around the corner. NLL playoffs are knocking at the doorstep. So um, we're going to talk a little future market as far as NCAA action goes before we get into our best bets for the week in field action, NCAA. And then we just have some uh, matchups we want to get into. NLL um, going to have Brian and Hutton give some of their favorite plays for the week. I couldn't find anything I liked as much to make a best bet. So I'm not just going to throw out plays for you for the sake of throwing them out. But I think Brian and Hutton have some pretty cool looks that I might be tailing. And then again, we'll be opening it up at the end, getting some plays from some folks listening in here to the space. So that's how it's going to be. So nothing to it but to do it. So let us get to it and start off with the Duke-UVA matchup that took place today. Um, Wow. I I mean, if you think you have a read on the ACC, I'm probably going to call you a liar because there's no way that you have been picking games in and out and knowing the right spots to pick, Um, you know, and and I I guess we're not censored, so I can call it how I feel it. The ACC feels like the, the like it should just have an F in there somewhere and be the clusterfuck conference because we have no clue what team is going to show up any given week. UVA was anointed early in the season as the rollaway favorite. They're going to be there Memorial Day weekend. It's the lock of the century. Forget about it. Get your tickets in on the Wahoos now. And they just cooled off. Like, I, I don't want to say that they've, you know, fallen from grace, you know, because they still have had some quality wins down the stretch, but they've also had some really head-scratching losses, one of which is what Duke did to them today. There, there wasn't a moment in that game where if you were a UVA backer, you felt good about it. Just, just because Duke jumped on them from the opening face. Now, the way that I looked at this game, and I, I put out some of my thoughts heading into it on Twitter – I really liked the spot for Duke. I I also think Duke is a team that has really started trending upwards. And yes, I know that there have been losses and they're coming off of a loss, but they haven't lost back-to-back games yet this year. So they're one of those teams that kind of has this zigzag vibe around them. And this was the, uh, the zag part of that zigzag. So I put my rationale on Twitter, but due to what we've learned about the ACC or the lack of what we've learned and felt good about betting the ACC this year. I just couldn't make it a full play. So I did a little pizza money, but I took Duke getting the one and a half thought about sprinkling on the money line. I said, don't do it. Don't force the action. Also lean to the under in the game stayed off of that as well, but I did a little pizza money. So it's always nice to start a winning week. And now I get to have a little Hawaiian pizza for dinner since, uh, since I had my dinner paid for thanks to the Duke blue devils, Justin, as far as, the game goes sure anything come out of it for you or is it just more of the same that um man the acc just put a question mark behind it and uh and you know pray for the best what what was your kind of takeaway to today's action yeah i really don't know to to think of the acc anymore we really don't know what we're getting on a week-to-week basis or a game 
by game basis. So it's definitely keeping us on our toes. I can't really think of a team that I've watched that's really dominated from uh, from season start to, to right now. It's kind of like a gray area, but, you know, this is the nature of the game right now. Um, there's one thing I kind of noticed about this, this win for Duke is they finally came out with a sense of urgency, which I think was really important. Um, their back's kind of against the wall right now at this point in the season with the way they've started. So it was important for them to kind of come out firing and not try and give UVA any hope, and that's what they did today. So if this team can get to an early lead or just show they can play all four quarters, they could be dangerous here in the second half of the season. It's just about doing that consistently from game to game. Yeah, and that's that's what we really haven't seen across the entire conference is being able to say, all right, what we saw in this last game from this team – I feel like it's going to roll over into next week because it really just has been a roller coaster ride for across the entire conference. So I, I think, you know, one of the biggest things that we've learned is exactly what JB's saying right there is it's just um, it's a game by game basis. You know, pick your spots and be selective when you're doing it. And you, you got to be confident and just, you know, hope that uh, hope that you're back in the right side there. Unfortunately for me, you know, hindsight's always going to be 2020, but I'm glad at the end of the day, it was more of a pizza money play for me on Duke rather than pulling off the rubber band. And then they are the ones who get rolled. And then I'm, you know, staring at it saying, man, why did I force that play? So always better to have the hindsight saying, why didn't I bet more than be sitting there saying, man, why did I go double fisting on that game? So that's, that's just a little betting suggestion there for you. Now, to just kind of move forward a little bit, going to get Brian's thoughts, Hutton and Justin as well, just on the future market. And the state of NCAA lacrosse, you know, sure, the state of the ACC, we kind of touch on it right there. But Maryland's just been absolutely dominant. And, you know, I think there's something to be said about peaking at the right time. And that's what's happening with Notre Dame lacrosse. Now, now you know, the, the winds aren't crazy flashy at times. Um, you know, there's there's some frustration around the program. But Notre Dame seems like there's just something about them that's kind of turning the corner. If they can put it all together and that offense can work in in, uh, in concert with what they're doing defensively and all the turnovers that they're able to force, this could be a team that could have some value moving forward. Um, Hutton, I'll throw it your way and just kind of get your thoughts. Um, you know, as far as, you know, a future overview, um, is, is Notre Dame the top team in the ACC or – you know, is, is there value backing a team like that in the future market, or is there maybe a different way that you're going to kind of attack it? Um, you know, just more macro about what's going on in the future market, um, you know, ACC specific or not, what, what are you kind of thinking and, and feeling? Yeah, I said last week, I think, you know, you could make the case that they're one of the top two teams, if not the top team, um, you know, me thinking them and UVA and, you know, you see now UVA laying egg against Duke. Um, I still don't want to get like too knee jerky, and declare them as the top team in the ACC, but I do think they're top two. Um, you know, whether you like UVA top or uh, Notre Dame top, I, I think they've shown that they can put together complete games. Now, you look at the last game, you, you know, against Duke, that was a nail-biter, you know, one sixteen to 15, but that was still a big win for them. Um, and I think it was good for this offense, too. I think they much would have rather had a 16-15 win than maybe, you know, a low-scoring affair, because we know this defense can play well down the stretch. Um, this defense will always come to play. But we wanted to see a big game from this offense, and we saw that. So that's where I think, you know, it's kind of encouraging. Um, but in terms of futures, 
they're still, I think, getting a little bit undervalued. I told people I was hesitant to to play on UVA earlier in the season because I thought, you know, you never know with these teams. They can go through rough patches. UVA right now, plus 750, that's much more value than you probably would have got, you know, three or four weeks ago. Now, am I saying going to place a future on UVA? I, I, I'm a little bit hesitant. Um to do that because um, I still think you could probably maybe get a little bit more value. Uh, you know, you know, if they come around and, and get a big win next week, then, you know, maybe uh, you, you take a bite on it. Um, but if they lose again, you're probably going to get a better price. So um, I'd still wait and see, but I just got one uh, on Notre Dame today at uh, plus 1300. Uh, my ticket is since it's New Jersey, uh, if they make it, and they lose to a New Jersey team, whether that be Princeton, Rutgers, or I'm not going to say NJIT, <laughs> but a, an NJ team, um, they would that ticket would cash. Uh, I think if you're in a state that's not New Jersey, it's plus 1400 right now. So I think there's a little bit of value there. Um, um, I'm usually not too big on the futures market. I know we're going to talk a little bit about you know how to play Maryland in the futures market or whether to, but um, yeah, I just really like this Notre Dame team, and I just feel like they're like you said they're peaking at the right time. Um, I also think, you know, this Duke team, you know, uh, it only takes a couple wins for them to kind of get back right. You know, they're, they've been really inconsistent, as you mentioned. Um, again, I'm not taking a flyer on them in the futures market either. But really what it comes down to is, if you know, they're a type of team that if they make it to the NCAA tournament, they can go far. Um, now, whether they make it or not, you know, this is a big win for them today. Uh, their hopes would have been drastically decreased if they lost. But um, that's something that I want to monitor, like you said, the ACC is so up in the air. I know I just said I took one on Notre Dame. Um, I just think Notre Dame has put themselves in a spot where they haven't really had too many bad losses and they've had quality wins that if they don't win the ACC, they'll probably get an AQ. Now, whereas Duke, you know, they have some pretty bad losses um, and haven't, you know, been super impressive in in some games. Um, And UNC is another team that I I wouldn't touch them right now either because the way they've been looking, you know, they, they might miss the tournament too. Um, it, those are two teams I might just stay away from right now. But uh, you know, Virginia Notre Dame, I think you're you're looking pretty good right now, but um, still wide open. So if you're if you're hesitant at all, stay away for right now. That's what I would say. Brian, how about you? Have you delved in at all to this futures market? You think that there's any value that's sitting out there as far as NCAA goes, or kind of like Hutton? You know, if you if you didn't grab your tickets now, you know maybe there's some value on a team like Notre Dame. Um, how are you kind of attacking the futures market, or is it one that you're just kind of still trying to get, get your feet on uh, these teams on a week to week basis before saying, "Oh, I think this team's going to win it all." How, how have you been attacking it, BA? I feel very much how you just explained, and I agree with a lot of what Hutton was saying in that, you know, Notre Dame and UVA kind of feel like the top two. A lot of it, though, I think a lot of my favorability for Notre Dame has to do with the, you know, volatility of the rest of the teams in that conference, particularly like UVA today against Duke was giving me like UNC vibes. I feel I feel like that over could have cashed, but we were seeing. UVA drop a lot of passes when they had really good opportunities to shoot. And even though Adler was saving a lot, if they had captured a lot of those better opportunities, it would have been a closer game. Maybe UVA would have, you know, uh, made some sort of comeback run, but it feels like so many of these teams just have such low lows and it's not because they're getting outplayed. It's because they're not executing themselves. And that's so uncharacteristic of so many of these teams. And because of that volatility and kind of just, I don't know, the disorganization feeling on offense and the, the disconnect on, you know, sometimes very simple passes. It's very hard for me to kind of like 
give Notre Dame kind of like the ACC title or or a long stretch in May now when if Virginia cleans up the errors that they showed today in the next couple of weeks, I feel like that advantage that could go to like Notre Dame really vanishes kind of quickly. So I just feel I just feel like the too many teams on the ACC have too much to fix and some of it is very feasible and I think that it just doesn't make any of it very clear cut. So I'm kind of staying away from it as well. So JB, I'm just kind of wondering too, you know, you, you look at this board and you look at futures, whether you're doing it on uh, BetMGM, whether you're doing it on DraftKings, wherever you, you know, you're able to get your action in on whatever your favorite book is, you know, always shop around. Cause there's even, you know, in these future markets, some line variability, as you just run down the board there, you know, obviously we see Maryland as, as the odds on favorite, um, is there any value there or is there any other numbers that kind of stick out to you? Like, how are you kind of attacking this futures market? And, um, you know, as far as, you know, Maryland being plus 130 at most books, um, is, is there much value there? Like, like, how are you attacking it, JB? You know, when, when I approach the futures market, it's, it's all about return of investment, right? So with Maryland being at plus 130 and, and you having that length of time, between now and championship weekend for them to potentially fold, which I don't see it happening. Um, it's just, it's just not enough value there. So this is, I think a good time. If there's a team that you were dead set on prior to the season or early on to kind of double down on that bet when it comes to a team future, uh, you've got great value across the board right now outside of Maryland. So any team you, you kind of pick and choose at, you're going to get a good return on investment with that. And that's why I kind of stay away from Maryland. You know, we've, also seen this team make it the championship weekend and also kind of crumble. We've uh, we've we've seen them play like fluid lacrosse. I mean, they're ten and zero right now, but um, things do happen, and you just don't know what you're going to get. Especially a month out from now, you know, we still got what exactly a month, almost maybe even a little bit more till uh, till championship Monday. So there's a lot of time for for things to go awry. And that's why I would kind of stay away from Maryland. It's it's not enough value to kind of put too much, too much stock into what they've got right now. Yeah, I think when you're also talking value, a team that is just going under the radar right now. And we were talking before we started the show here. Um, nobody's talking about Georgetown, and, and I get it. It's probably because they don't have any of these marquee wins that you know make your eyes pop out. You know, they haven't really been on a national television game outside of early in the season. Um, they're sitting right at the same as a, a very publicly respected team in UVA and, you know, Georgetown, you can get them plus 750 in, in New Jersey here in PA. I have them still at plus 800. I sprinkled on them before the year, just because I felt like they were kind of an under the radar, um, you know, what about us team. So I'm holding the plus 900 ticket on them, but I'm not saying make a play on Georgetown, but sometimes come playoff time, the best team to be is the one who's just playing good lacrosse and who doesn't have everybody talking about you. So, you know, I just kind of wanted to throw in, um, you know, there, there might be some value there on Georgetown, but as far as I view the future market as a whole, um, or this specific future market, I guess I should say, because I've said how many times I'm not crazy about betting futures, especially in season. I see Maryland as being the odds on favorite for a reason, plus 130. There's no value in that. I mean, you you pick a good dog just on a money line, you get it home, you're getting a plus 200 dog as opposed to, hey, Mr. Odds Maker, hold on to my money so that I can get, you know, $13 back on a $10 bet. Like that, there's just, there's no value in that. 
Um, but they're, they're odds on for a favorite. I mean, they have just continued to roll teams. Um, I think Notre Dame shows some value still. I, I don't know if enough to put, you know, my money out of my pocket, but I wish I had a crystal ball that told me who the AQ, the automatic qualifier was going to be from the Ivy. Um, I think the Ivy is going to be whoever comes out of that, the most battle tested team, just because what we have seen, it's so competitive week in and week out. There's never uh, let your foot off the gas game. There's never a, Oh, we really feel good. Let's just sit back, rest on our laurels. So this is going to be a team who's already hungry because they haven't gotten to play for two years. When they do get into the tournament, they're looking to be the wrecker. Um, and, and I also just think, you know, they, they have to constantly be playing their top level as opposed to some other teams who can play subpar and still get a win. You know, I look at UVA and I look at the fact that they still have a game against Quinnipiac and Lafayette left on their schedule. Like I would prefer to be playing against a team or, or playing on a team like Duke who has a murderer's row to end the year. And when they come into the tournament, they can be feeling very confident as opposed to a UVA who, Oh, you know, we just tuned it up against two teams that we probably should have had on our schedule to begin the season, as opposed to it being on the back end, um, you know, just, just stacking up some wins at the end. So, um, you know, that, that's how I'm kind of attacking it before we get into our best bets uh, for the week too. I think a pretty exciting development, and I won't steal your thunder on this one, Hutton, because uh, there's some line availability, and it ain't just one game on the slate. Um, looks like a uh, good time to be line shopping right now, right, Hutton? Line shop, line shop, line shop. Yeah, BetMGM has lines up uh, now, and it's probably going to be more consistent, it seems like. Um, they only had a few last weekend. Now they have pretty much all of them, it looks like. haven't done the direct comparison, but uh, yeah, definitely a line shop. And to your point, too, I, I really like the point you made about Georgetown because I think when you're betting these futures, and here I'm going to be talking out, you know, one side of my mouth, too, because I know I just bet on Notre Dame, who, you know, they're playing North Carolina, Syracuse, and Duke. They drop all three of those games. You know, they could be missing the, the playoffs if they don't make a tournament run. But, uh, I, I, you know, I laid out why I like Notre Dame. But you look at a Georgetown, like I think the question you have to ask yourself is, do I think this team can win their conference, which you with the Georgetown, you, you say yes. And then the second question you ask is if for some chance they do get upset in their conference championship and they don't, you know, get that bid, do I think they can get, um, you know, an outside bid? And I think that's the question you have to ask yourself when you're looking at these futures, because right now the ACC, you know, unless you really like a team, it, it you know, there's probably not, we're not going to see four ACC teams like we did last year. We're going to see probably three. Um, and you know, I don't want to even just bank on seeing three and that's, that's where you got to ask it. And, you know, big Ten's another example where we think Maryland's, you know, going to roll everybody. They're going to win the big 10. You know, I think that if I could bet a future for them to win the big 10, that even though, if it was negative odds, I'd lay money. (laughs) You tell me the price on betting Maryland to win, win their conference. I'll lay it. You, you just tell me the price. So that's where, like, if you perchance do like a Rutgers or Ohio state, you, you probably want to wait till you see how the tournament comes. And if they, you know, see if they make the tournament, like I wouldn't be put that in an Ohio state or Rutgers future right now, unless it's tremendous value and they really are impressing. Um, but you look at a Georgetown, like, you know, maybe they get upset by Denver in the big East tournament. They still probably get in. So that's, I think a, a smart bet where some of these others, you know, you, if you like a team in the Patriot league, I don't think there's really a clear cut Patriot league team right now, but Ask yourself, do I think they can win their conference and get the AQ? And if not, do I think they can get an at-large bid? Because that's the thing with the Ivy right now. Any of these teams could win a ch- the championship. I think the Ivy League, Cornell, Yale, um, I, I even like Brown, uh, you know, Penn. Like, there's so many good teams in the Ivy League. 
that I couldn't tell you who's going to get that AQ. And then I couldn't tell you who, if they don't get that AQ, is going to get an at-large bid. I think we'll see probably two, maybe three Ivy League teams um, get at-large, but I couldn't tell you who they are right now. So, uh, I, yeah, again, I wouldn't touch a, a Ivy League unless you really, really like them. But um, I think that's those are the two questions to ask yourself when you're betting futures. Well, and I think to your point as well, how much of the ACC four teams that made the playoffs last year had to do with the fact that there was no Ivy. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, look at these Ivy teams right now, and you can see a very real reality where they have quite a few teams who are knocking at the door. So it's not just the AQ where you could be having some some value on uh, on some of these uh, on some of these teams coming out of the Ivy. So um, that's just some thoughts on the futures market. Again, if you want to give some of your thoughts, drop us a request to be the speaker once we're ending with our favorite NCAA and and uh, NLL plays that we have coming up. Uh, we'll drop you on into the space. We'll get some of your thoughts either on the futures market or some of your favorite plays for this week. We look forward to chatting with some of you listening in. Also, you know, share this to your timeline and invite, invite some people in to uh, be chatting lacrosse because we'd love to be hearing from uh, all different kind of folks, not just uh, not just us and, uh, you know, our opinions of what we have on the slate. Speaking of our opinions on the slate, it's time for a little best bet action so let's get on to it here we're going to start with our field plays for the week ncaa free analysis here coming up live on our twitter space edition of bet on lacrosse uh we haven't heard from brian in a little bit so brian i'll let you bat lead off here i know that you've been you've been flip-flopping a couple times just trying to figure what am i betting in the ncaa this weekend do you have a best bet for us or is it just a sheer pass week for you on the field side of things? Brian Andrews. Yeah, I almost totally passed on the whole week because I, the ACC has been a mess, as we've been talking about. And the Ivy is a mess from a betting perspective just because of how competitive it is. So I've been trying to, like, scour the board a little to find something, I don't know, not in those conferences so I don't have to deal with the level of volatility. And one play that I came across that I liked that's, again, kind of off the beaten path, is um, is Fairfield plus three, three and a half against UMass. And it's plus 100. And I like the play, particularly because of how UMass has been playing this whole year. If you look at their results, they play every game close. It doesn't matter if the team's a top 20 team. UMass is like lost by one in overtime to a couple top 20 teams. Um, but even when they play teams who are ranked well below them, they keep the game within three goals. And the only teams that they they've played where a score differential has been four or greater has been LIU and uh, UMass Lowell, who are like, I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but uh, those teams are generally lower on the totem pole in, in D1 lacrosse. Uh, and UMass hasn't even shown that they can always consistently beat the teams that they're supposed to beat. They're sitting at like six and four right now. And Fairfield's a very similar team. They have a lot of very similar results against the same teams UMass has played. Uh, so that high of a spread between those teams, I thought was very confusing. And at that price point, we just haven't seen UMass make that cover against teams that they, you know, should. So I, I thought that that was uh, an undervaluing of Fairfield. And I think that's kind of slipping under the radar a little bit. Um, so that's like a, that's like a fun one that I'm putting out that I'm actually playing myself. Uh, so again, it's just the consistency of UMass's, uh, the consistency of UMass to like play really close games, I think fares really well for fair Fairfield on this line. Yeah. I think uh, some great points that you're making there, JB, I think you and I were aligning 
on one of these plays. So uh, what do you got best bets as we're talking some NCAA action? You always come prepared. You always come ready. And I love this play this week because it's one I'm going to be betting myself. JB, best bet time, FOS business writer. What do you got for the folks? Yeah, we're, we're rolling with Syracuse plus one and a half this week. And I, I know we've seen this team not play to their potential, but something absolutely has to give with the Orange. I don't know what it's going to take for them to get a, a well-deserved big-time win, but I think it's coming this week against UNC. Both of these teams are, are trending downward, unfortunately. They've, I think, both gotten three consecutive losses, which is not good at this point of the season, especially with the conference they're in and the, and the talent they face from week to week. But I did see some encouraging things from them against Cornell this past week. I know they failed to play a complete game. They didn't do the little things right when it really mattered, and they gave up a big lead. But they did gain that big lead in the first place. So there's something there with that offense. Of course, with Tucker and, and a lot of those pieces, they moved the ball well. I know they've been really, really missing on Wilts these past couple of weeks. That's that's something I think that's impacted the season more than a lot of people want to admit. But this Syracuse team is too talented. I know we've had some questions with Gary Gade and, and Petro, what they've got cooking, because they haven't been able to have their team prepared to play four full quarters, which is a little discouraging. But, you know, they're new personnel. They've, they're trying to get that new system in place. That's going to take time. And I think as the season progresses, hopefully we'll see a little bit better from the Orange. And so I, I, I feel confident with this play. I I think UNC is not playing to what we've seen them play in the past. And Syracuse is just playing better ball right now. So we're going to take these points at plus one and a half and hope for the best. Well, JB, you took some of the words right out of my mouth. My best bet this week as well. Make it a double. And uh, that might be the theme of today's show because I think we got a double best bet coming up in NLL action as well. So stay tuned for that when Brian and Hutton break down the slate. But, uh, I'm going with Q's plus the one and a half against UNC as well. I think, you know, a key, maybe the key to beating Syracuse is do you have a defense that can absolutely nullify what Dordovic is able to do and the offense that he's able to generate? And the question for me is, has UNC shown an ability to shut anyone down defensively, let alone, you know, pinpointing one player and trying to isolate him? Sure, you know, Creek does what he can, but I think we've – Waited all year long for that youth to maybe settle down a little bit in front of them, and it just hasn't happened yet. We haven't seen that happen in a game in game out game out, game in game out situation. And I also think uh, this is a little sneaky stat that's kind of gone under the radar. And how much does it really mean? Maybe it's just you know uh, fodder to kind of talk about when you're talking about these games. But a major point in UNC being able to win games is winning 50-50 possessions and specifically winning the ground ball battle has been the factor for UNC because they struggle so much with unforced turnovers you know or unforced errors that's either going out of bounds or the ball ends up on the turf so this is a wild stat that the Tar Heels are 7-0 and when they win the ground ball battle it's so such a random stat right like oh how much do ground balls matter Again, maybe this is just a talking point. Maybe it actually means something with how much they've struggled to have meaningful possessions. They're 0-4 when they either tie or lose the ground ball battle. So unfortunately, 
they're going to face a very scrappy team in Syracuse, who actually is ninth best in the nation, scooping the ball off the turf. They have just under 36 ground balls per game. So if that's, you know, the, the one little sneaky stat that's been what has meant things for UNC, um, that, that could be a factor if, uh, you know, Syracuse just really isn't letting up on the ride, is forcing them into turnovers, and then they're scooping it up going the other way with some fast breaks. And we know what Dordovic can do when his hands get free. So give me Cuse plus one and a half, even money, make it a double best bet. For me and my man, JB, a business writer with Front Office Sports, check out his work. Hutton, you get the last word here on our favorite NCAA plays for the week before we shift into box and we open it up for some of our listeners here to give some of their favorite plays of the slate this weekend. Your best bet, Hutton Jackson with the Action Network. Yeah, so uh, I, I really don't like this board either. I'm kind of with Brian. Like, I, I really hate this board this week. Um, I do have one play that I'm really eyeing. Um, but before I talk about that, I do want to highlight, like, there are some matchups that I'm not going to bet this week that I'm, like, interested to see because it might help me going forward. And, again, we talk about the Ivy League all the time. Uh, right now, Yale is two-and-a-half-point favorites against Brown. I think Brown, you know, might be live to win that game or at least cover that spread. Not going to bet it because I just don't know how to read the Ivies right now. That's a game I'm definitely circling. Uh, then another one is Harvard versus Penn. Penn's two-and-a-half-point favorites. Not betting this game, but those are two games that I want to watch and see because I want to see Penn and Yale really come out and, you know, cover and, and dominate, and then that might give me a better read. If not, then maybe I, I trust Brown a little bit more, see if I can get them in an underdog spot, Harvard a little bit more, if I can get them in an underdog spot going forward. Those are two matchups that I'm really eyeing. So not plays on those games, but games I'm going to watch for future analysis. Um, but the game I really like, and I think the this is really my only – play this week because uh i think the line's a little bit off but um boston U taking on loyola um i think you know boston obviously got off to a real hot start they're eight and two still um they've had a few tough losses i'm sorry they're eight and three they've had a few tough losses uh but all the ivy league opponents we know we just talked about how good the ivy league is they lost to princeton seven to twelve last week yale 15 to 22 so that was a little bit of tougher loss for them um and then harvard 10 13 earlier but um, they had some some quality wins. Uh, they've beaten up some Patriot League opponents. Uh, you know, I, I think UMass was a big win for them, sixteen to seven um, earlier in the season. So I really like them, and I'm getting plus one and a half against Loyola. A Loyola team that sure has had a tougher schedule to start the season, but against common opponents. I mean, Loyola whooped up on Navy, but so did Boston a couple weeks ago. Um, so I really think this line should be flipped. I think Boston should be the one laying the one and a half. So I like taking them at plus one and a half, and I'm going to do a unit on that and then a half unit on uh, the money line as well at plus 120 on DraftKings. So that's my best bet for this week. I really like Boston against Loyal. Boom. There's a full slate of best bets, like we said. Maybe we didn't love the board this week in NCAA action, but we made the board love us. And let's make our pockets a little bit fatter. Justin and I are going with Syracuse plus the one and a half. It's even money. You know I love my dogs. You know I love my plus money. I'm getting both of them in a great spot. Justin and I riding together on that one. Brian's looking at Fairfield getting the three and a half at UMass. Another dog. So you don't have to talk me into riding on that one with them. And at some even money. Nice value play as well. And Hutton looking at a dog. So the dogs are barking this week. Boston U taking on Loyola. A line that uh, maybe is a WTF line. No, not what you're thinking. 
wrong team favored. So give us Boston University plus one and a half, Fairfield plus the three and a half, and a double best bet on Syracuse getting the one and a half. Want to remind you, if you're listening in the space, you want to give us some of your thoughts on the NLL and NCAA slate, just hit that little request button in the bottom left-hand corner. Before we get out of here, we'll get your thoughts on the slate as well. Thank you for tuning in and making us a part of your Thursday night. And, uh, you know, we'd, we'd love to hear from you. Also, if you enjoy what you're hearing, tell people about Bet on the Cross. Drop us a follow, share this space, and uh, allow people to hop in as well. So we'll be hearing from some of you before we get out of here. But that's our thoughts on the field side of things. Let's switch to the box, and we'll start with the recap like we always do. Uh, NLL playoff race heating up. Pro lacrosse bets last week, eh, you know, what are you going to do? Two and two. So we, we, we didn't we, – we weren't complete dumpster fire or anything. But, you know, modest, maybe with the juice losing a little bit. The riptide – Getting that two and a half, six and two when getting that two and a half. I don't know. Hutton and Brian, you guys have always kind of been my, uh, who I've been deferring to on the NLL because I just had not seen it too well um, to, to, to kind of roll through the year. I have some futures that I have my fingers crossed on. But, um, you know, before we get maybe to our favorite plays, maybe tie them together as far as, you know, matchups that you're maybe watching. Hutton, I'll throw it right back your way. Get your and Brian's thoughts on this NLL slate and maybe some favorite plays that you have for the folks as well, Hutton. Yeah, I'll let Brian talk a little bit about just like the sides because it's been really tough, I think, to bet sides so far. But in terms of totals, I think we've been doing pretty well. You know, we got the Wings Seals over to hit last week, Riptide Bandits over to hit. Um First time probably I think all season we faded the New York Riptide plus two and a half, and it bit us in the butt. So I don't know if I can do that again. Um, I should have known. I should have known that the Riptide would come to play. They ended up winning outright against the Bandits in Buffalo. I'll take one for the team for that. But, uh, yeah, the the totals I think have been a little bit easier, but it's kind of been more formulaic because it's usually just a standard 22 and a half. We do have a 21 and a half this week. We'll get to a little bit later. But, um that's where i think it's been a little bit easier i mean a goalie can get hot and you can have a bad a bad week where you know you pick a game that seems like it should you know point towards the over and goalie you know stops a lot of shots and you know you're only seeing like a nine to seven game or something that happens but for the most part i think we've been doing a pretty good job reading that the sides has been tough though i'll let brian take away but um i really don't see much value this week either on, on betting any sides yeah, the, the sides have gotten really tough. So uh, favorites on the money line, for example, favorites are winning still at over the course of the season, like 62% of the time, which is much lower than the beginning of the season. We started out at like 80% favorites winning. Um, but if you look at the progression over the course of the season of favorites winning versus um, the dogs winning, it's getting to be close to a coin flip. And that's even true uh, with the spreads. So, but the, but the market isn't priced that way. So no matter what odds you're taking at this point, it's almost a coin flip. And so that's really frustrating to try to read the board that way, because any team has shown now so much more so than at the beginning of the season, the red side's a great case where any team can just blow up against the best team in the league out of nowhere. So the sides have been increasingly difficult to, to really choose because you're either laying a lot and now flipping a coin at like, you know, minus 280 or something and the dogs are like you know plus 180 and you don't really know who to choose um hut makes a good point about the totals kind of just like sitting at 22 and a half um that's where we've seen the most uh you know 
coin flip type results out of the distribution of totals that we've seen, like 20 and a half's gone away, 23 and a half's kind of gone away. 22 and a half is really where the books have seen uh, the results really lie on both sides an equal amount of the time. Uh, so they've kind of given up on trying to like adjust the lines accordingly because they don't really need to anymore. Um, but at this point, given the given the volatility of the favorites and even uh, against the spread, like the totals are really a lot of the places that you can find the value in the NLL. And so it, 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 this board in particular, with all the playoff imp- implications that have happened, you have teams really finding their stride like the Roughnecks. Um, the Wings are kind of adjusting back. Uh, it's really it's really hard to to make picks on this board. You know, they're really opening. It's not even like there's a lot of line movement either with these NLL games. It's almost like they're opening with a lot of juice. I mean, I'm looking now Riptide, Nighthawks. That should be a pretty close game. You know, I, I still would lean Riptide, but uh, let's say for, for whatever reason you did like the Nighthawks at plus one and a half, you have to lay minus 165. And I just can't justify doing that. Like you might as well take them on the money line at even money. But even then, even money, it's like not that, you know, substantial of an underdog bet. So, you know, if you really like the Nighthawks, sure, do it. But that's where it's like it, it almost feels like there's not even any value in betting some of these underdogs because it's really juice isn't worth the squeeze. Um, but then you bet a favorite and you could get caught like the Bandits did last week and, you know, could blow up your money line parlays or, you know, even if you're willing to lay the juice, like you, you run into one of those situations. And so that's, that's why it's made it really, really tough. I think is just, it's so, if you're juice adverse, it's hard to, to justify because lines are opening up, you know, already at minus minus one forty or higher. To, to your point at the beginning of the season, when we didn't like boards, Dan, you in particular were, were talking about, you know, sometimes when you don't like the board, you play like a three team parlay. And even if you pick all favorites or even all underdogs, or even if you try to really finagle the parlay to get like the best value, if, if, the money line results are hitting at a coin flip. Like you're it, the, the value of even those small parlays really dissipate quickly. Uh, so the, it, it's hard to find even value in any type of pattern at this point or any uh, type of betting strategy when you're, when you're following lines. Yeah. And I think when, when Hutton was speaking on, you know, these crazy juice lines that they're putting up, I can speak on that a little bit, even just from a, a wider sports range. Uh, one of my close friends, Dave Sherapan, you can follow him on Twitter at sports BK can sig a incredible follow. He spent um, over two decades being an odds maker, actually ran his own book offshore in Curacao. So he, he knows all about making lines and making lines in lower volume markets. He's referred to them as the FU lines. Basically, sometimes what odds makers will do is they will throw up a line. They'll throw crazy juice on it. And they basically just say, fuck you, bet you if bet it if you want to. You know what I mean? Because they're they're saying, if we're gonna lose, we're gonna lose big. So if somebody really wants to play this play, I'm gonna make them lay 160 on a side that they're also having to lay minus one and a half, because at the end of the day, the book is going to come out on top in that aspect. So it's speaking to what Hutton's saying, where you're seeing these lines come out with heavily juiced lines because it's an FU line from the book. They're saying, if you guys want lacrosse on the books, guess what? You can have it. You guys can bet it, but you're going to be laying crazy juice to play the side that's probably going to get home. And the three weeks when it doesn't get home, because of what coin flip games that they aren't, the house is already setting themselves up that they're going to be winning. That is why picking your spot is so important because 
There's a reason why you walk into those sports books. Oh, you want some drink tickets, you know? Wow, this couch is really nice and cushiony. I don't think you've ever seen a light out in a casino. Well, there's a reason for that, and that's because these odds makers are pretty damn smart. So, uh, you know, kind of backing up your guys' two points, not just in a lacrosse market, but from a macro betting aspect. Sometimes when you see some of these plays, the reasons why they are the way they are, it's because those odds makers are pretty smart. And they're not going to be getting their asses chewed out by their supervisor because how come we're hemorrhaging on the cross plays? They're trying to keep people off of it, knowing that since it's a lower volume market, it's probably more recreational betters who aren't going to be wanting to lay juice. So, um, you know, just because a play is heavily juiced doesn't mean it's a bad play. It just means you really have to be confident about it because if you're laying two to one to get that one back, um, you know, you keep doing that and those keep losing you're going to be broke pretty damn quick. And uh, and the odds makers definitely know that. So it's kind of a more macro thing before we get into some of our best bets for the weekend. Um, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys. You guys scoured the board and you both came up with a total that's looking pretty nice. So uh, Hutton, I'll throw it right back your way. Best bets this weekend in NLL action. What do you got for the folks? And we'll let Brian wrap it. Yeah, I won't steal too much of Brian's thunder, even though I'm going first. But, uh, you know, I mentioned 22 and a half seems to be the standard. Uh, we have a 21 and a half, and it's probably between two teams that I would have probably still taken it at 22 and a half, and that's the Riptide and the Nighthawks. Um, these teams, when they first met each other, played a high-scoring game. I think it was 13 to 12. High-powered offenses. This Riptide team can score um, against really anybody. Um, and the Nighthawks, too, haven't done so well recently I, I i don't know if i trust their offense as much as i do trust the riptides but um i think this is going to be another high scoring affair uh, i think 21 and a half i, I think it will go over i, I would have liked this at 22 and a half um because i think it's going to be probably around 24 you know 25 goals potentially these teams um play fast they get up and down the field or get up and down the floor. Overall, I just think uh, this is a, a good play for me, not just the numbers play, but um, based on the, the two teams facing each other, I, I like over 21 and a half. Hopefully I didn't steal all the talking points, Brian. There you go, Brian. So you, you, you're backing that one up. You have a little bit more to add, or did Hutton give you an FU line and say, hey, here's, the, uh, here's, here's, here's what we're going with. <laughs> What's your best bet in NLL action? Uh, just to, just a compliment. Hutton's points I I do like that play and I I have laid that before I knew Hutton liked it that much I feel like that's the most clear-cut play of the week because both of those teams have been in high scoring affairs multiple times um, against each other and against most opponents they're they're two of the highest goal against average teams in the league um, and the Riptide particularly have a, a very potent offense uh, and and Rochester likes to go up and down in transition, and uh, the Riptide defense has shown that they don't always handle that well. So I think that's going to be a uh, high-scoring affair for the third time this season for them. Um, my uh, best bet is another total for all of the reasons that I described when complaining about the NLL lines. Um, and I'm looking at the Thunderbirds versus the Rock, and I'm going to take under 22.5 for that game. There's a lot of playoff implications in that game. These teams both have like really high powered defenses. The both goalies just play out of their minds every week in Nick Rose and Warren Hill. Um, the Rock has like a defensive player of the year candidate in Mitch Snoo. Uh we saw when uh Halifax was playing the or the when the Rock was playing the Swarm uh the second time 
they really shut down the Swarm's offense by stopping transition. And if they keep that in their game plan to stop transition to, uh, you know, keep teams out of their end, then I feel like it's going to be a really low scoring affair again. Um, the Rock can get hot on offense more so than the Thunderbirds. The Thunderbirds have been more reliant on their defense. But I think uh, quality of the goalies and the quality of the defenses on these teams like can't be understated. And I think 22 and a half is just too big of a line for these teams. He's Brian Andrews with pro lacrosse talk, some best bet action for you. The under 22 and a half in the rock Thunderbirds and the over 21 and a half for Hutton Jackson from action network in the riptide and night Hawks game is the chance. If you want to be a part of our live Twitter space here, you can hit that little request button in the bottom left-hand corner. We would love to hear your thoughts on the NCAA and NLL slate. Some of your best bets, for the weekend, also, you know, some uh, future talk before. If you'd like to add to anything of that, you have some questions for us. Would love to hear from you. So uh, we got Tyler checking back in. My guy, a PA guy through and through. We know the lacrosse community continues to get bigger. And at the same time, it gets bigger. It gets smaller. Tyler, welcome on back to the show. How you doing, dog? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. Glad to, glad to be back. Hate this board, but glad to be back. Um, You know... Got some got some picks as always. You know, I, I I jumped in here hoping you guys would give me some guidance on what I'm about to write about tonight. Uh, so we'll see what happens. I hope we did just yes, that. I, 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 yeah, you, you most certainly did. Especially uh, I was uh, eyeing up that Boston University plus one and a half. So I definitely am going to be tailing that there. I like some unders lately. You know, I've never been under guy in sports betting just in general. But for some reason, with these, uh, with lacrosse, like me betting honors has been my most valuable play, which to me I hate a lot. But yeah, this board's super ugly. But going back at my picks that I'm gonna try to narrow down by the end of the night, um, he uh, what was it? Um, the Fairfield uh, UMass game. I was looking at that. I was like, well, what if UMass just steamrolls Fairfield? But he made a great point that UMass has not steamrolled anybody, no matter how good or bad the other team may be. So. In this scenario, I think I actually might take the under in that game. If it's going to be a close one and UMass is not going to, you know, just shellac Fairfield, then I like the under there. I think it's if it's tight, it's going to be a low scorer. I also am liking the the Drexel-Hofstra game is really also – I don't mind. I don't mind taking Drexel there. I'm not sure yet if I want to take the points or the money line. A lot of juice. Obviously, we're going to have to lay with these, you know, mid-major teams. Um uh, Lafayette Navy might go take the under there, and yeah, this is just a really, really ugly board across, uh, you know, all around boys. So I think that's where I'm sitting at right now. There isn't much here. I know I usually try to come in and drop a couple and then narrow it down, but we're at crunch time, and it's just a really ugly board. But I'm always, as always, glad to be back. I'm glad to hop on with you guys. Well, and I think too, you know, your points to those unders, um, you know, something that's kind of referred to as a correlated parlay. We can't really bet them in lacrosse. They they say, you know, it's void if you're trying to bet an under and a dog or even just any kind of same game parlay. They don't allow it currently. But, um, you know, with, with how you're breaking down that under in that Fairfield UMass play, it's perfectly correlated to what Brian Andrews was laying out for his best bet. If you like Fairfield at three and a half, you want it to be a lower scoring game. Lower goals means that the dog has much of a better chance at covering. So Tyler, 
great lacrosse mind that we've learned from and we've, you know, bounced some things back and forth. He's a coach. He's played the sport as well. Um, you know, he, he's breaking down a pretty good case for that game going under and it not really being a shootout, which even bolsters the point that Brian was making about Fairfield getting the three and a half as they're taking on UMass. So um, Tyler, I like it. That's a solid shortlist right there. And uh, I know that it's just music to Brian's ears when he's hearing anybody breaking down an under. It's Brian under Andrews. Uh, he, he always <laughs> loves making a case for an under whenever he can, right, Brian? Yeah, and I actually really like uh, your point about the Navy game. I think that's a prime under spot. I don't know if I'm going to tail it, but I thought that was a really good point. I, I, I'm not sure about the Hoster-Drexel game. Drexel's uh, had some good shootouts against teams, but – I uh, Hofstra's kind of been on an uptick recently. It's, wanna, it's a recent uh, trend. I, I really, really want to take Hofstra plus the points because of how many one-goal games Drexel has had this year, no matter what the score has been. 1918, 12-13. I think I may end up rolling with Hofstra and the points by the end of it, but that's kind of where I'm leaning. Yeah, I, I agree. And Drexel has had a lot of shootout games against good teams and bad teams where they both won and lost by one goal. So I, I, so I, I think I like the points there better, uh, especially because Hofstra's like been getting a little bit more cohesive. Uh, again, I don't know if I'm going to tell that play. I also don't like betting against Drexel. I go to school there, so hey, <laughs> I don't want to bet against my team, but you don't know. blame you. Anyone like Maryland minus six and a half? I was going to bring it up, but that's, oh. you know. What, what do you think about that one, Tyler? Because then I mean, we're, gonna, we're probably going to get out of here, wrap the, uh, wrap the space. But six and a half is a big number to lay. But, I mean, if there's any team that you feel confident laying a six and a half with, I mean, it's Maryland, right? Like, pizza, like how do you money. break that one down, Ty? Pizza money. That's it. That's all you got to say. Pizza <laughs> money. That's it. I'll take, Bottom line. I'll take, I'll take my, my pizza that I have in hand with my Duke win as opposed to uh, rolling over the pizza money there to, uh, to to Maryland. Hutton, I mean, you're the one who asked the question. Do you think there's any value on that six and a half? No, I can't do that big of a spread, even with Maryland, because what I'm waiting for is the game where Maryland goes up by 10 or 12 goals, and then the team comes back and gets that backdoor cover. You know what I mean? Like, if Maryland wins by seven, six goals, they're still going to feel good, you know, about that win. But you're not going to feel good if you're Maryland minus six and a half better. So, um, no, I threw that out there just seeing what people thought. But uh, I'm not going to touch it. I, I feel like Ohio State's a team that um, could easily cover the six and a half spread. Um, but what I saw Maryland do to Rutgers last weekend, you know, I just can't. I can't step in front of that Terps train anymore. I can't do it. So any any play, I'm going to lean Maryland. But um, I can't. I, I just can't touch this game. You know, I, maybe I'm just too – too hurt too much hurting from that uh Rutgers loss last week but um yeah I thought I'd throw it out there because another high spread for the Terps that we could still easily see them cover I'm with you man I I I want to do it I want to lay the number but um you know that backdoor cover is coming I I don't I don't know when it will be it might be this week but that backdoor is going to be swinging wide open on the Terps at some point this year. And uh, I feel like I've made enough money on them and lost enough money trying to fade them that uh, when I see six and a half, uh, I'm just going to stay away from that one. Well, Tyler, thanks for joining in. Thanks for being a part of the space. I do know 
Our JV game that was supposed to be played got rescheduled. So you're going to be in the county um, in, in the coming weeks. So make sure you don't ride the bus that week because beers are on me, buddy. And I think they would frown upon it. If, uh, if, uh, if if you're smelling like beer hopping back on the bus. So uh, just just remember to drive to that game for sure. Oh, absolutely. My girlfriend just so happens to live in Berks County, so we're all set. Perfect, perfect. And the humble brag. Hey, by the way, I also have a girlfriend. No, I'm just messing with you, Tyler. Humble looking, <laughs> looking forward to meeting you, man. And uh, best of luck with uh, your bets this week and also best of luck with your season, man. Appreciate you hopping in. That's going to do it for us. Huge thanks to everybody tuning in. Thanks for sharing the space as well. Just to recap again, we got Q's plus the one and a half taken on UNC. We got Fairfield plus three and a half for Brian Andrews uh, taken on UMass. Hutton's going with Boston U plus one and a half taken on Loyola. And it's a double best bet for JB and I on the orange and the NLL action. We got some total plays. One of them an over Riptide Nighthawks. One of them, uh, one of them an under rock and thunderbirds that's our best bets for the week if you didn't have a chance to get on the space make sure to drop us a line at bet on lacrosse at pro lacrosse bets and give us your thoughts on the slate for this weekend we'd love to hear it and best of luck till next week with another live edition where we'll be chatting with you guys and gals and folks good luck get some money in that pocket and enjoy your holiday weekend appreciate you and we'll talk to you next week 